0: All right, turn please to Psalm 84. Um, This is our second week in Psalm 84 and our second to last look at the Psalms uh, this summer. And uh, we'll focus on the middle section, but we'll read all of it. Psalm 84, starting with verse 1, and uh, listen to God's Word. They are ever praising You. Blessed are those whose strength is in You, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor. On your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Let's pray one more time. Father, may the truth be spoken and received here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I've been to uh, Shelby Farms horseback riding in my lifetime a number of times. And has anybody ever been to Shelby Farms riding a horse? I mean, it's kind of a fun thing to do. It's kind of a crazy, wacky thing to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was on, one of the times I went, I was on a particularly... Uh, obstinate horse and uh, you know, you kind of go out and you clippity-clop, clippity-clop and then I, I wound around again I thought, well, I'm going to go again and uh, and I made the mistake of showing the horse the barn you know, they go around and you think, well, I'm going to go for I still got 20 minutes and uh, so I, I want to get every minute of horse fun. and fun so, and so the horse kind of goes you know, and he sees that barn and I'm telling you you know, normally I can force him or whatever you have to do, but, you know, I was yanking and I was kicking and I was pulling. I was going, come on, buddy. And he, just, he was just wouldn't do it, and he walked back to the barn. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think, you know, here he's got this idiot on his back yanking and persuading and, and pulling and shouting at him. And, and, uh, but all he can do is long for home. And so to home home heads. Well, last week, We looked at the fact that God's dwelling place is lovely. And the reason it's lovely is because He is there. Our love, then, is to be centered in the sanctuary of God. When your heart feels a longing, uh, when your heart is aching, what you are craving, what your heart wants, is the pleasure of the abode of God. Our eye is to be cut toward the sanctuary, and if you remember verse three, look at verse three again. The sparrow has found a home. The swallow a nest for her young, herself, where she may have her young. Um, I, I read the King James version this week, and um, uh, and it, it, I, I had not noticed it, but it, where she may lay her young. You know, you think of just a teeny little delicate egg. <laughs> Sitting in this nest, and you know, sparrows, birds find off, off, off the way places. They find quiet, still, protected places where they may have their young and, and, and guard their, their nests and the eggs. And, and here we have this, this portrait at the altar of God. You know, the place where sin was dealt with, the altar. And for us as Christians, it's now a safe place. A safe place where even the sparrow may have her young. Let me ask you this question Do you ever tire? of hearing the gospel message. I hope you don't. I mean, I, you may tire of singing 24 stanzas at the end of uh, every service. Uh, to clo- that is tiring, okay? But to tire of the gospel message, it, it, it's, it's impossible for the believer, I think. We sing of it. We th- think on it. We, we celebrate it with one another. And when we go to heaven, we'll be singing about the gospel forever and ever, just as the residents in heaven right now are. That they, are they are singing of God's, of God's graciousness because of His saving work in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you know, it, it reminds me, um, you know, don't turn, but in Ephesians, it says, Paul says that um, um, God's intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to God's eternal purpose which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's intent, it very explicitly says that now through the church, the rescue of sinners, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. In other words, the the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms look at Christ's saving work and they look at us and they they consider the gospel and they say, Wow! We never knew! God has not revealed himself, had not revealed himself like he has in this work of of Christ Jesus. They marvel over it. We will sing of it forever and ever. And so we're to preach the gospel to ourselves every day, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and many times a day, because in so doing, no matter what uh, the outlook is in our situation, the uplook is glorious. The uplook is always good. So we must always have our eye cut toward uh, the altar and what took place upon the cross. We are still down here, but our home is with God. And in a, in a very uh, real and literal way, we are, we are pilgrims. Now let's look at verse 5. We're going to move to this middle section here today. Look at verse 5, which says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. Now, I want to read you a couple other... Uh, let me read you the King James Version. Uh, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Okay, that's kind of choppy sounding, isn't it? Let me read you a couple more. This is the English Standard Version. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. I got one more for you this is Jerusalem Bible um, I got a couple more for you. Happy are the pilgrims inspired by you God, with courage to make the ascent a with a capital A you can see you can almost you can almost see I don't know Hebrew or anything but you can almost see if you have nine Bible translations on your desk at the same time which I do uh, when I work on this stuff you can almost see them grappling with them, trying to squeeze the meaning out uh, you can see a with a capital a there they're, they're they're trying, thinking of highways to Zion, and you can almost see they're, they're grappling. Here's another one. Uh, a guy, one guy says, Highways are in their hearts of God's people. Highways are in their hearts. What does that mean? Listen to this one. In whose heart are thy highways leading there unto the sanctuary? There are highways in our hearts. So, what does that mean? Let me ask you this question. Why are we pilgrims? You know, we say, yeah, Pilgrim is a great word. If you see a hymn with the word pilgrim in it, Get excited. If you see Pilgrim or Surety, uh, those, those are, that's probably a good hymn. Would you agree? <laughs> um, and, uh, and what does it mean that we're a pilgrim? And where are we pilgrims? What does it mean and where are Christians pilgrims? Listen to this quote. It's very good. Because of sin, we are cast with our first parents out of paradise into the land wherein we sojourn. Cast out of paradise into the land we're in now. We're pilgrims. So that we are removed from Jerusalem, that is, from the sight and fruition of peace, into Babylon, that is, into confusion and exile, wherein we wander far and wide. The fall. The world tainted by sin. Why even the ground is cursed. All of life affected. All of life tainted. We can't hear and laugh at a joke. We can't come to a worship service. We can't, at our very finest hour, try to ascribe glory due to God and do it well. In our finest moment, our, our, our own righteousness is as filthy rags. Our finest hour. All of life tainted by sin. And so we, we maneuver through this world that is not our home. We're pilgrims because we have we have been cast out with, our, with, with Adam and Eve, with sin, and we wander around in a fallen world as redeemed people. That's why we're pilgrims. Now, who is it that guarantees that we will never get lost on the highway? God Himself. Uh, you know, in the wilderness wanderings, Israel never needed a map. You know why? I mean, 40 years they wander around. They never needed a map. Uh, turn, if you would, to Exodus, uh, chapter 24. Keep your finger where we are. I turn to Exodus, Exodus 24. Here's a, here's a people on a pilgrimage. Exodus chapter 24, verse 15. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights. Go to chapter 29 of Exodus. Uh, Let's look at verse um, 44. So I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar and will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. They will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. All right, flip ahead to chapter 40. Uh, look, at, look at verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Right? Not on a mountain anymore. He's, he's in their midst in the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the house of Israel during their travels. Now, you know, they crossed some of the fiercest and and most desolate areas in the world. Could they get lost? No. Not just because they had a wonderful navigational implement, but because God was with them. He was dwelling with them. He was leading them. He was in their very midst. You know, we sing this hymn: um, uh, "Guide me, O Thou Great Jehovah." And you know, uh, let me tell you. Um, well, uh, <laughs> listen. Uh, these are great words, y'all. I, I just I, sometimes I think that we come in all sleepy and we kind of open it up and it just kind of the hymnal's upside down and we're just blah 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 na 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 na. You know, but listen to this. Guide me, O Thou great Jehovah. I'm a pilgrim in a barren land. I'm weak, but I know what You are, mighty. Hold me with Thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, feed me. Is that a thing to ponder in your heart on a Sunday morning? That, that's meat, ladies and gentlemen, not simulac. Listen to this. Open the crystal fountain, whence the healing stream doth flow. Yeah, it's barren. Open up the fountain. Let the healing stream flow. Let the fire and cloudy pillar lead me all the journey through. Strong deliverer, be thou still my strength and shield. That's a song about Israelite wandering. And, it, and it's applicable to you and me. Because God was in the midst of His people then. God is in the midst of His people now. So when we sing, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, we reflect on a God who led, led His people uh, through, a, through a barren wilderness... Well we're pilgrims too. We're pilgrims too. What about what about coping and existing in modern times? I mean a fiery pillar would be really nice, wouldn't it? I mean don't you wish we had some kind of fiery pillar or some kind of cloud or uh, but what what do we have? I'll tell you what we have. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father but by me. That's what we have. And can I can I May I show you what precedes that statement? You know, we we tend to take our scissors and cut that out and wave it around, and it's a good it's a good EE qu- thing, you know. And and but listen, you know what comes right before that? Turn to John, the Gospel of John, please. Um, turn to um, John fourteen, yes, John fourteen. And um, oh look. Look at verse 1. Jesus is he's talking to His disciples. By the way, He just told Peter He would disown Him uh, three times. And uh, uh, yeah, Peter would disown and 14, verse 1, Do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus says. Trust in God. Trust also in Me. Now, that's a, that's a definitive statement, ladies. He's not saying trust in God and I'm not God, but trust in Me too. He's saying I am God. Trust in God. Trust also in Me. And He will go on to qualify that and, and say... You know, you're, well, I'll read on. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be going where I am going. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas stops him and goes, wait a second. Verse 5, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way. You know, we tend to just pull that verse out and, and, and not reflect on, on the, the context. Well, how, how do we know the way? We don't know the way. Yes, you do. I am the way. You know me? The Lord Jesus, you know the way. I am the way. By the way, <laughs> um, you know, every time I, I, I go to some church and see some senior pastor sitting on the, one of the thrones uh, up there and, and going, You came from heaven to earth to show the way. I, w- I just want to go, Buddy! Buddy! Why don't you fix that in your church? Jesus is the way. He is the way. It wasn't just laying there and he showed it to him. He is the way. Okay, now read on. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. And then Philip says, wait a second, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, "Show us the Father"? You know, when we received Jesus Christ as Savior, we receive. He comes to abide in our hearts by His Spirit. And if you would just turn ahead, just to, uh, well, actually, stay on the same in the same chapter. Look at verse sixteen. This is, you know cloud and a pillar would be great. But listen to this. Verse 16. I will ask the Father and He will give you another Counselor with a capital C. You see? A Counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit with a capital S. That's a person. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long the world will not see Me anymore. But you will see Me because I live. You also will live. Go to verse 25. All this have I spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, let me ask you a question. Which would be better, Eric Tucker, to have Tiger Woods standing next to you telling you how to swing or to have Tiger Woods in you, swinging. The latter would be better, wouldn't it? Don't you find it interesting that we think, oh, WWJD. You know, I got in trouble for criticizing WWJD bracelets because people, how dare you? You know, it's a, it's a Christian industry, you know. Uh, it's, 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 I, did, I do wish I thought it up, but, you know, I want to say, <laughs> listen... Uh, we can wear bracelets all the time and, you know, and say, gosh, if Jesus were right here, what would you... Jesus... Jesus, I, th- I think He would say, please take that off. And listen, is it better to have me next to you, the Lord Jesus, the Savior, the Lord of glory, or is it better to have my Spirit dwelling in you that I sent and the Father sent? Which is better? You know, we have more than a, a cloud and a fiery pillar. Much more. We have the indwelling God, the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent. The Savior does not merely know the way. He is the way. And He has sent His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in our hearts. We have the highway to Zion in our hearts. The highway to Zion in our hearts. That is better than a map. Is it that We will not get lost on the way. This keeps popping. I, I, hey, I know it's not you, man. Listen to this. This is a this is a French Bible trans. is that bugging you? Okay, hold on. Um, this is a French Bible translation. Hello? Check. I think better just hang on. I'm gonna have to call it. I mean I hate to huh? It might be I hate to miss up a recording, but well hello, tape or C D or PC listener. Uh, thanks for your staying with us here. Um, as you could tell, there was some uh, technical there were some technical problems uh, last night, and I had to pull the lavalier off of my person. And so it's the next day, Thursday morning, and uh, I didn't want to leave you hanging, so I'll just pick up where I left off. I'm in my office, on my desktop uh, tape player, uh, completing this. So I'll just pick up right where we left off, which is uh, a French Bible translation of verse five. Uh, to refresh your memory. Uh, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, or who have highways in their hearts, or who have their hearts set on pilgrimage, and so forth. But this French Bible translation renders it, um, I don't speak French, but it, it says, um, it, it it goes to English this way, ways ready mapped out. And I, and I found that to be wonderful. In our hearts, we have ways ready mapped out mapped out where the real desire for God is. Now, the presence of the Holy Spirit of God gives us a homing device like the horse that longs for its stable. And you think about our life. We go through the rigors of life with an enemy on our back that is yanking and pulling and kicking and persuading and and coercing. Uh, And not only that, we have within us the old nature where where we feel and often even give into our our proneness to wander from the God that we surely love, but beloved, we have ways ready mapped out. There's a highway in our hearts. Listen to this quote: the word translated highways denotes not a mere beaten track or footpath, but a road. Artificially constructed and raised above the level of the ground through which it passes. That's why it's called a highway. But perhaps, ladies and gentlemen, this is the idea uh, that we're that we're supposed to be apprehending. Um, I think of um, oh, I think of Isaiah 40: A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. You know. Every valley shall be exalted. Okay, every valley will be raised up. The mountains and hills will be made low. You know, and rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all mankind will see it. uh, Together we'll see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Uh, It also brings to mind um, Proverbs, um, chapter 16. Uh, Listen, uh, the highway of the upright Avoids evil. He who guards his way guards his life. The highway of the upright avoids evil. Maybe this highway, in the heart, is is ha, ha, contains in it the idea of the removal of all moral and spiritual hindrances to communing with God. And in His perfect salvation, God has opened and leveled and raised away. You know, raised up away and raised r-a-z-e-d away through a pathless wilderness that was our existence in sin friends a pathless wilderness nothing but the desolate nothing but the thick nothing but the unmanageable and God makes a way in his perfect salvation in his perfect son who, who offered a perfect sacrifice for perfect justice to be met but well, let's move on to this verse uh, 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 six of Psalm 84. It says, "As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs; the autumn rains also cover it with pools." Now, what in the world is this this Baca place? Um, uh, several other translations I'll read to you. One of them, Jerusalem Bible, translates it "valley of the weeper." Uh, there's another gentleman who tra- translates it "valley of tear shrubs," and really. You know, I don't know Hebrew, uh, as I freely admit, but I read lots and lots of guys that do, and it, uh, apparently this word is a is a hard one, and they, they'll either render it in the direction of tears or weeping or sorrow, or they'll render it in the direction of balsam trees or some kind of tree. In fact, one guy uh, writes, <laughs> a Thomas Pearson uh, translates it, it signifieth, or, or says of it, it signifieth a mulberry tree. You know, it signifieth, you know. Um, but actually, verse six may refer to a, a real place. The Valley of Baca may may, may very well be uh, a place that is cited in 2 Samuel 5. Don't you don't have to turn, but listen. It says, "Once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the Valley of Rephaim." So David inquired of the Lord, and He answered, "Do not go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the balsam trees." And there you have that that word, the balsam trees. Uh, but whatever the case, or maybe it's a mulberry tree, or there's a couple other, there's another tree that it might be. But whatever the case, it is used in Psalm 84 to depict a dry and weary land, uh, a, a a severe and arid place, a, a place of hardship, a place of impossibility. Hey, uh, and, and it does it does bring to mind uh, Psalm 63, which I just even began rattling off. Uh, oh God, you are my God earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. But wait. The valley of Baca. Wait a second. Look at verse 6. It is a place of springs. Wait a minute. Did this dry, desolate, arid place is a place of springs? Not only that. Again, verse 6. The autumn rains. They don't just rain. They cover the valley of Beka with pools. Not only does the, do the rains come, but the rains collect and they, they make puddles. Now, what is it, friends, that transforms a parched wasteland into a perpetual oasis? You know, when my father was, was dating my mother a um, long, long, long time ago, um, he, he, was, uh, he was in the army and he was stationed in Colorado Springs and even to this day he talks about fighting the Battle of Colorado Springs but uh, when, he, when he was courting my mother who lived in Chicago he'd get a weekend pass and he and a couple buddies would pile into an unairconditioned conditioned car drive the entire way from Colorado to Chicago just to spend six hours with my mother and then he would get back in the car and drive back now how how that that couldn't be more unpleasant. I, I, you know, you'd rather you'd rather ride a Greyhound bus than make a trip like that. Uh, but what was it that took the edge off for my father? It was the fact that he had this 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 meeting out there. You know, it it took his parched, dry wasteland of, of a journey, and, and caused him to to dwell on uh, what, what made it tolerable. And I say to you, friends, when, when the believer thinketh upon his God and the comfort of his favor and the rejuvenation found in his presence, the road, though vexing and scorched, becomes a place of verdant blessings and spiritual refreshment. It is the dwelling upon the person of God. It is the dwelling upon the one who is, who, who, who is, who is in the sanctuary Uh I, I don't know if you've been following uh, some of the recent stories about illegal aliens um crossing in uh, our borders uh, to to find work but listen i let me let me say this i i'm a you know i'm a republican guy and i I think we should protect our borders I, I happen to be a republican guy we 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 should protect our borders. There's a legal way in to our country, there's an illegal way in, and you need to choose the legal way before you come here and reap the benefits of our resources and, and uh, take our, our monies and our jobs and so forth. Okay, I, I believe that. And yet, I have been moved to tears, literally, uh, upon reading articles. New York Times ran a big article last week. On it, and there was a, a uh, one of these news show things on TV about illegal aliens crossing over. They are dying and dying and dying. They're dying in groups of three. They're dying in groups of five. There there are smugglers that take them and abandon them halfway through because they don't want to complete the trek. To make this trip, they have to carry one. Uh, because our borders have tightened, they have to go to more and more, uh, of, you know, faraway places to make this trek. And so it's an average 30-mile journey. They have to carry one gallon of water per six miles, and who can carry that many gallons? So they carry a couple. There's just shortage of it. And so they're out there dying. There there are evidences of them scratching barehandedly into cacti just to get the small morsel of water that's in there. And and the last... I didn't even know this, but apparently the last desperate act of a of a person... Uh, who is who is dying of, of uh, dehydration because they strip off their clothes and their shoes, and it's almost th- the last thing they can do to find some coolness. They just, and, and it's a last moment of madness before they die. And so they find traces of their clothing, and they know that the dead person is nearby. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, what what could be more desperate and and uh, and heart wrenching than that? And. and but but I compare that friends to to our spiritual condition. God is holy, holy, holy. He has cut himself off by his very nature. He must cut himself off from sin, because of who he is, because of his the reality of his existence. He cuts himself off from sin. Well, in our, our cut off edness, what, what 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 a desperate state. Indeed, it's a parched land. It's a dry and barren land. There is It's a pathless wilderness. And yet, God has made a way in our Christ, our Savior. You know, we sing this song in our church. Uh, oh, Christ, he is the fountain, the deep sweet well of love, the streams on earth I've tasted. More deep I'll drink above. Indeed. There too in ocean's fullness his mercy doth expand and glory, glory dwelleth in Emmanuel's land. Beloved, that is the thing for which we thirst. Christ is the fountain. Oh yes, it's a, it's a dry and weary land. But there are streams on earth. Christ is the fountain. Oh, it's true. More deeply we will drink above. Even to an ocean's fullness God's mercy will expand. But there are streams on earth. We may now enjoy communion with God, true? We may now feel our respite. We may now know a piece that transcends understanding because our God not only transcends uh, our experiences, but, but our God is God with us. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And so there is a river that makes glad the city of God. God is within her. In in our disappointments and dangers and hardships, when we feel ourselves becoming overwhelmed, um, the answer is by no means easy. Um, But it is very simple. Uh, And I'll, I'll say, one of the cruelest things anybody can do is take... It is take the, the reality of someone's pain and, and chalk it all up with a big fat slap on the back and, they, and just say, Trust God. Just trust God. <laughs> or cheer up. Or it'll all turn out well. he." <laughs> that, that That's, the, that's the, the cruelest of cruel. The answer is by no means easy. There's a reality to pain. But the answer is simple. The answer is, when your heart is overwhelmed and aching, the answer is, Emmanuel with us and God with us sent the Holy Spirit who is God in us and it is close fellowship with God that makes one strong and allows one to live life as it says in verse 6 verse 7 from strength to strength close fellowship with God Makes one strong, and allows us to live from strength to strength to strength to strength. Let's pray. Um, Holy Father, we we bow before you. Uh, I bow before you, and I don't know who else. Uh, we find it very strange that um, a man in the confines of his uh, study would be speaking into a tape player and a hearer would be uh, bowing his or her head and uh, and uh, approaching the throne of the very same God. We bless you and thank you for who you are. We thank you that there is a reality to your Holy Spirit and perhaps the tape recording failed because uh, the tape listener and I uh, now, now understand uh, perhaps in a unique way that your Holy Spirit dwells in each of us. Each of us who know the Christ. Each of us who have accepted Christ personally as a Savior. And and that same Spirit brings to light uh, truth and applies it to the warmed heart. Bless this message, Father. Uh, Cause anything that is untrue to depart quickly from our minds. But we pray that what is true would sear itself upon our souls and would affect change in our lives. For we pray it in Jesus' name, and by the power of the Spirit that our Lord sent. Amen. Thank you for your time.